Welcome back for episode 48 of Self-Signed Artist. When you find yourself getting stuck on a problem or struggling reaching for a goal, maybe you're just asking yourself the wrong one-word question. In this episode, we're talking about the mindset of who, not how. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kobe Nelson, and I'm here with Jake Mannix. Hello, hello. How you doing today, Jake, on this Easter Sunday? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It was it was uh, a nice day out today, so can't really ask for more. How about yourself? Same. I, I got out for a bit of a run, got out for a really nice long run yesterday. Yeah, it's been been a good weekend. Did you do anything for the holiday or anything like that? I just hung out with my grandma and my mom, saw my dad for a little bit, so it was pretty cool. How about you? Nice. I didn't really get to do anything with family today, unfortunately. My uh, my parents got together with my grandparents, which was kind of cool because they're nice. all vaccinated now. So I'm getting my vaccine in less than, or my first one in less than a week now. So oh wow, finally, finally on the list. This just in. <laughs> I'm getting my second dose tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yes, cool. Yes, so I can get back to it. On our way out of this chapter of hell. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, I mean, other than that, it was a a good weekend and pretty relaxed. Good. So for this episode today, we want to talk about another mindset shift. So on this podcast, we're big fans of these mindset shifts that can have a positive impact on your career as an artist. And whenever I'm stuck on a business problem or, or need to figure out where I'm going, how to reach a goal or something like that. Mindset shifts are the things that I normally search for. So more often than not, the reason I'm having a problem is because of the way I'm approaching a situation, the way I'm thinking about a situation, and not, you know, some outside factor that's out of my control. Uh, And this is kind of like what we talked about last week with self-serving bias. Like that's the kind of feeling that you get all the time that all these things that are holding you back are because of outside factors. I try and look inward when I come across those things. And in a lot of cases, I reach for business books to try and change the way I'm thinking about something. I'm always looking for a new way to frame a situation, knowing that that will probably lead me to finding a solution on my own. And the mindset shift that we have for you today is a big one, I think. And and I mean, at the same time, it's also a really small one because It really doesn't take that much to implement in your life. And this is the idea of who, not how. Now, Jake, is that that a phrase that you had ever heard before? Who, not how? That's not something I had ever heard. But once I uh, read over the notes for today, it's a a concept that I love to ignore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's something that a lot of people kind of know intuitively or internally but have a hard time just getting themselves to put into practice. Uh, So that's something that we want to go over today. Uh, And this is a concept, like a lot of the concepts that we have talked about, that comes from business. And this one actually comes from a specific book. 
Uh, and this isn't a book that I've read yet, although it's on my list. Um, but I first heard about the idea of who, not how from my mastermind group. That's where I first kind of heard it put into those words. And it caused me to not only start implementing it in my business, like going forward from that point, but it also caused me to look back at a ton of situations from my past and from the past of clients that I've worked with and, and talked to about these types of things. And I, I realized that it's kind of at the center of a ton of the successes that I've had and that they've had really without any of us consciously realizing it at the time. Um, so I figured this was kind of a good thing to go over and bring to the attention of all of you out there who are listening so that you can look over your own business and find the times that this concept has helped you out and then hopefully keep it in your mind going forward to help guide your decisions and help you grow towards your goals. First things first, let's break down this concept and then we can kind of connect it back to your music career and and hopefully we can give you a couple examples uh, or theoretical examples, I guess, of how this might play out in the real world. So in essence, who not how means that anytime you're trying to find a solution to a problem or you're reaching for a goal and trying to figure out how you're going to get there, you should consider who you know or who you can contact to help you solve the problem rather than focusing on how to actually go about solving it. And I don't know, maybe Jake, to you, like, does that sound, I feel like that sounds backward. Like that's not what people would normally do. I know that's not what I would have normally done. Yeah. That's not, that's not what I would normally do either. I think our main instinct is to like dig in and learn how to solve the problem, you know, like you're going to go on Google and you're going to search your problem or whatever and see what other people are doing and then try and do that yourself. Yeah. Yep. So in business circles, this idea of who, not how gets thrown around quite a lot. And it's really more focused on outsourcing. Like that's kind of the context that this shows up in most. You should outsource parts of your business to experts in that area, for example, rather than spending your time trying to learn how to do it yourself. And I don't know, I think that's a perfectly valid example and something that does apply somewhat to artist careers. And it's actually something that we've talked about a little bit before, uh, back in episode 19 about building a team, where we were talking about like, I don't know, uh, hiring somebody to, for example, record for you. If that's not something that you're already doing, like looking for a recording engineer or looking for a manager, those types of things that you can outsource to somebody else. But today I want to put a little bit of a different spin on this whole concept and tell you about how you should be considering the who, not how, when it comes to your audience as well. Because I think this is a really big thing that gets missed out on a lot. If you listen to this podcast regularly, it's fairly safe to assume, I think, that you're pretty serious about the how in most situations. Like, that's why you're listening to any content about, you know, how to run your brand like a business, like what this podcast is all about. That's, you're trying to gain information to help you do that on your own. So you're you're probably looking to know, you know, how to be heard by more people or how to get more fans, how to connect with the fans you already have, how to make money from your music and your fans, 
um, maybe how to appeal to influencers or how to get on playlists. Like the list could go on and on and on forever. There's tons of things that you could be looking to find answers on how to actually do them, how to implement them in your brand. So basically you have a ton of goals and you're looking for information to help you figure out how to achieve them. That's the how and who, not how. But here's the problem with that way of thinking, I think at least, and I don't know if you would agree with this, Jake. To me, music doesn't really work like that, even as a business. Music, I think, is all like 100% about the who. Big time. And I think that is in a lot of different ways too. So I want to talk about some of the different ways that that's the case. But I don't know that you can necessarily approach your music career from a how direction. Like even, even going to a place like this podcast to try and find out how do I do such and such thing to elevate my career is going to be difficult, I think, in a lot of cases. Because even when you gather all that information, there's so much information that if you try and just, you know, like buckle down and do that yourself, it's just overwhelming. Like there's just a lot to do. And by kind of by definition, since you're just learning this information, you don't necessarily know how to do it fully yet. Like you're not an expert in any area. Is that, do you feel that Jake, like in your own music career and stuff like that, like gathering all this information, trying to do it on your own and being overwhelmed? Oh, all the time, all the time. I mean, when I first started out, I think that's when it was, I shouldn't say when I first started out, when I got my first laptop and like started working in logic, that was probably the most overwhelming time Mm. um, because it was like, oh, now I have to learn logic. And then I had some plugins on my computer. I had to learn how to use those plugins. Like I just didn't know how to like use any of that stuff really. You know what I mean? Right. So that was probably the most overwhelming part for me. And then on top of that, you're probably like trying to figure out like how to get your music out there to fans or Oh yeah. You know, like oh, all yeah. the other aspects that come after the recording too. Right, right. So I think when people focus on all of that stuff, the hows in the music industry, it has the potential to kind of turn music into a commodity, you know, in your mind. Like and, and music or even like a musician is not a commodity. It's not there there isn't like a an equal value across the whole industry when it comes to songs or musicians and stuff like that. So what I mean by that is like a commodity would be something like copper where you're just, you know, <laughs> copper has a value. It doesn't matter if you got it at this mine or this mine like it's copper. It's just copper or corn or whatever it is. There's an overall value to the commodity and then each individual producer of that commodity they get more or less the same amount of money for it. I think music really isn't like that at all. So kind of approaching a music career from a how standpoint, how do I get more streams? How do I reach more fans? How do I get a bigger social media following? That's kind of watering it down to something that it's not, as if everything has the same value. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like... Some music, for example, is super, super valuable to a certain group of people, a small group of people, maybe maybe super fans of a specific genre or a specific artist. But that same exact music might not be valuable at all to another group of people who just isn't into that. This even connects a little bit back to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago 
in our episode about NFTs, because this is kind of a weird like paradox in the music industry, especially with streaming, because streaming kind of treats music like a commodity. Like every stream is equal in value. It's whatever 0.3 cents or something like that. Yeah, whatever. Whatever it is on whatever streaming platform. But every stream is like equal value. And when we treat music that way, I mean, we all know the result of that. Like most artists don't make any money or don't have a truly successful business, even when they're super valuable to like a very specific fan base. So I think when we focus on those how questions that I was mentioning before, just how to whatever, do each of those things, you kind of dilute the value of your music and you might be tempted to do things that don't help you. And in some cases, maybe even things that are risky or might actually hurt you. And I think a common example of that might be something like paying for playlisting, payola. That's something that we haven't really talked much about in this podcast before. Yeah. But like, do you have any like insight into that, Jake? Like paying for playlisting, why people do it, whether or not it's a good idea, stuff like that? I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. It's um, like, I, th- I think I like it. I think I like it. Being able to pay to get on a playlist? Yeah. I think I think that I like it. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think I think it's okay. I don't I don't think I see anything wrong with that right now. But I also understand like I don't know, maybe there should just be regular playlists that are curated because of how they sound. Yeah, there are both of those things. I think to me, like the the way that uh like paying for playlisting can be an issue is that like it really focuses on the how. Like if you think, I think for a lot of artists, they're they're thinking, you know, I if I could just get enough people to hear my music, then it would catch on and blow up or something like that. Like that's what they're thinking about. How do I get just enough people to hear my music? And when you think that, maybe you start reaching out to as many playlist curators with big stream numbers as possible. I don't know, maybe some of them put your song on their playlist for free just because they like it but a lot of them ask you for money. And I mean, you want streams. That's your goal. You're looking for how do I get more streams? So these playlists have good stream numbers. It might seem like paying would be that solution to the how. How to get more streams. I just pay and I'm on the playlist that has a lot of streams. But I'm willing to bet, and I think a lot of people probably know this, at least on some level, that 99 times out of 100, if you do that, you're not really going to even make your money back. And I don't think in a lot of cases for paying for playlisting that you're even really going to move the needle much as far as like gaining new fans. I don't know. Have you had any experience with that, Jake, or seen anybody who's had like huge success from paying for playlisting? Yeah, I've seen entirely mixed. I don't know. I've seen entirely mixed results from it. Right. And it's it's very, very much mixed (laughs) yeah big time because there are labels who are involved in that type of thing too paying for playlists and to promote artists and stuff like that it's just all kinds of weird yeah (laughs) and unpredictable and i mean like historically i don't want to get too much into the the history of it but like mentioned payola like payola in the radio world is actually something that's illegal i don't know i think it might even be murky waters as far as playlisting 
I know Spotify has put out a couple things at some different points uh, through their history about the about whether or not you're allowed even to pay for playlisting of any kind, even a third party playlist. Right. I don't know. It's kind of a just a, a weird concept. But I think part of the reason that it's weird and that it has very mixed results is because it focuses completely on the how and not the who. So so let's say just as a blanket statement that that's the wrong approach, that you don't want to just go out and pay for playlists with good numbers. Then what would it actually look like to focus on the who instead and why might that actually be the better option? I guess the first thing we need to kind of nail down is who the who's are that we're talking about here when we say coming at it from a who perspective versus a how perspective. Um, So I think there are kind of two different categories of who's that you should consider. There's the big one that you can probably already guess where this is going. The audience who, like who is this music being directed towards? And then there's also the helper who. Who is going to be able to help you reach that audience? And that can be a a bunch of different things. So we're going to try and give some examples of that. So again, who exactly are you trying to reach and who can help you reach them? Focusing on the who in this case when you're trying to promote your music kind of forces you to start from the end of the process, I think, from like thinking about the detailed results that you're looking for. And then you can kind of work your way backwards to now to figure out like what you should do next. Like, does that make sense, Jake? Like if you if you want to reach a goal, you kind of have to figure out like what that goal is in very specific terms. Like maybe your goal is rather than saying, I want to get as many streams as possible and I don't care who those streams come from. Instead, you might say, I want to reach fans of such and such artist or, you know, something really specific. Yeah. Like, could you think of like a a specific person that we might gear uh, a marketing campaign towards for example yeah i would say you and i start a rock band we're trying to target dads that like polarized mirror sunglasses (laughs) and stained the band band? (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that's a very specific clear image of like a person to target and that gives you a starting point you can work backwards from that you can then ask yourself questions that can help lead you to solutions to reaching that person where if you're just saying i want to get as many people as possible that's focusing on the how how do i get numbers if you're focusing on those dads (laughs) you know the who and then you can put in place the how to get to that person So like I said, that gives you a starting point. If you know who they are, you can figure out other things about them, other things that they might like, and then use that information to reach them. So if we're coming up with more examples, um, say the music that you make appeals to people with tattoos, like that could just be a group of people in general, like people who like tattoos. Now, knowing that information, knowing the who You can post content about tattoos. You could shout out fans who get tattoos related to your songs or your lyrics. Or 
I don't know, y- you could put out uh, a merch item that's a, you could sell temporary tattoos as a merch item or something like that. Just since you know who that person is and what they like, you can come up with creative ways to reach that person. Um, y- you could contact tattoo artists in your area or in the, the greater region and see if they like your music and if they'll play it in their shop. That's a strategy that you can implement if you know the who and you're not purely focused on the how, which would be how do I get people to hear my music? So I think if you want to learn more about that concept specifically, finding that who, defining that who, who that person is, you should go back and check out episode two of this podcast. That's one of our pillar episodes, which covers creating a fan avatar. That's really what we're talking about here, creating a fan avatar. I don't know, do you have anything to add to that, Jake, or another example? Um, no, as soon as you said um, temporary tattoos, I was just thinking, like, because I've wanted to do that for, like, as a band idea, and then I was thinking, like, oh, like, what if, like, down the line I could collab with a tattoo artist? Ooh. Like, that is, like, that, like, is actually killing it and I think is killing it, and, like, we could do, like, a collab and then sell temporary tattoos. And do See, like a pre-order. just thinking of the who like sparks ideas yeah, yeah. versus thinking like, I don't know, how do I come up with a cool merch idea? Right. I would <laughs> or say how do I make tattoos. merch people likes? Yeah. I would yeah. say thinks tattoos are, are cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think the overall point there is that knowing who your audience is allows you to then focus on that person. And then there's also the second who that we mentioned aside from the audience themselves. And that's the helper who, who can help you reach that audience. So I think that example we just gave, tattoo artist, that's a potential person who could help you reach a a wider audience because they have the same group of people connected to them that you want to be your audience. And I think, of course, everybody's first reaction when we talk about like a helper who helping you reach an audience would be playlists, kind of like we already mentioned. And I think that there is, like we sort of said, there's some validity to that. Like you can definitely reach a targeted group of people with playlists. But I think in order to do that, it really has to start with who the intended audience is. If you're just going for playlists with numbers, or if that's like the main metric you're looking at when you're kind of vetting a playlist to pitch your music to, that's how focused. That's not who focused. And I don't think that's actually going to lead you to a good result in the end. So maybe if you're thinking about using playlists for that purpose, you might send your music to a few smaller playlists or blogs or whatever it is that like really fit your style perfectly. I think that's fine and that can work. And doing that a bunch of times, like reaching out to a bunch of smaller, just user curated playlists, even without like a ton of clout and stuff like that, I almost think that that can be better for you than going for I don't know, some name playlist that people are familiar with and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on that, Jake? Uh, yeah, I've done that. I've, I haven't done like a big name playlist, but I've definitely paid to be on like a playlist that fits my sound. You know what I mean? Like I went through and found the playlists that I think, or I thought that I would sound good on and then hit those people up. Yeah. And I don't know, like same thing, like mixed mixed results. Like I've had it, I've had it do really well on some songs and and not so great on others. 
Well, I think here's another kind of spin on that idea is that like if you're reaching out to playlists that really fit your music really well, I think the idea there would be that like you shouldn't need to pay, you know, because you're like you're reaching out to people who really should like your music. And if they really do like it, they'll put it on their playlist. Yeah. Yeah. Not not saying that like the playlist that you put your music on, the people didn't like it or anything like right, that. Right. But I'm saying like that's kind of that can kind of be a way to help you figure out if you're reaching to the right playlist. Right, right. Is if they just do it. That's definitely the way to go. If if you can get your your song on a playlist because the person likes it, that's 100% the way to go. Right. That's much easier said than done, but I think right. that just sort oh, of yeah. illustrates the point that it really it's better to focus on who rather than how in that case, how to reach more people. You want to figure out who you need to pitch this to, who's actually going to like it. And then I think on top of that, there are a bunch of non-playlist examples that go along with this, like helper people who can get your music to a wider audience, who can help you reach the other who of a, a specific targeted audience. And I think there's a ton of untapped potential in this area. So this is something that I want everybody out there listening to really consider and really think about because we're gonna maybe give a couple examples, but like there are almost endless examples of how you could actually make this work and find a specific person or specific group of people that can just skyrocket your career and your music. So if you're thinking about who might be able to help you reach your perfect audience, I think a great place to start would be other artists who share the same audience. And I think sometimes people feel a little bit weird about that. You kind of feel like maybe you're stealing fans or whatever, or it's starting to feel like competitive and stuff like that. And that's not what we're saying. You're not competing with other artists, but just reach out to other artists who have a similar audience. Or actually, you don't even need to reach out to them. I would say just like support other artists who are similar to you, whether that's on social media, you repost their posts, shout out their music, uh, post a review of one of their songs, if it's a positive review, I guess. And by doing all of that, you sort of endear yourself to their fans by being a fan of that other artist yourself. And I think also there's potential there for the artist to build up a feeling of reciprocity where they just feel compelled to return the favor. And the next time you release new music or something like that, maybe they'll shout out your release as well. I mean, you don't want to go in with that being the goal. I think just spreading the love a little bit and supporting artists who are similar to you is just a helpful thing overall and can even draw in some of their fans to you. I know that's something that I wish that I did more of even in like my mixing business and stuff like that and that I need to be better about is just like shouting people out when I hear something I like put it out there, like supporting people. Yeah. I don't know. I, I see some bands doing that really, really well. And then some people that don't seem to really do that at all. Do you have any thoughts on that, Jake, on like how powerful or not powerful that can be for growing your artist career? Yeah. I mean, it's crucial, but it's a two-way street because you don't want to be, I don't know. I don't want to say bugging the artist. You don't want to be bugging the artist. You know, you don't want to have 20 posts with the with like <laughs> right. all different artists because if, if i see you shouting me out and then i go to your your page and there's like 80 other shout outs i don't care you know what i mean yeah i guess that that's true and you don't want it to be like your whatever instagram stories or something like that is just like 20 shout outs a day 
Yeah, or like, whatever you're it just is. Like you know name I mean? dropping like, people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the key. It has to be genuine and it has to be genuine. like a real thing. Like you're you're doing this for people who you actually want to support. Exactly. Like I think a lot of artists want to support other artists. They just don't do it. <laughs> like just do it. Yeah. I think it's crucial to 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 answer your question from before. I think it's I think it's crucial to to do that kind of stuff because it lets you know it lets that artist know that you're supporting them or whatever and you guys build a relationship or um you could build a community that way you could build exactly. a team that way you could do some collaborations there's yeah yeah and that's that's focusing on the who that can eventually help your career grow and i mean you could take that one step further one layer removed i guess and ask those artists or bands about the who's that help them, you know, like who they work with, studios, managers, promoters, whatever it is, who's on their team and see if those people can also help you reach the same audience because you share the same audience. And I mean, like you mentioned, that could be something you could reach out to those artists and see if they'd be willing to co-write on one of your songs. When you're focusing on the who, not the how, you're just focusing on who can help you make the next step to achieve the goal. You've set the goal to reach this specific audience. Who can help you get there rather than how do I get myself there? Um, one thing that I think is kind of a cool idea and I want to get your take on this, Jake, that I heard um, actually from one of my mentors in my mastermind group who's in a, a successful band is the idea of covering other local artists' songs. Yeah. Like doing a cover of another band's song. And I think that's a really smart who not how sort of solution to growing your audience because it's it's exactly that. It's exactly tapping into their audience. You're supporting them by saying this is a good song. I want to like cover this. I I I like this song. I want to make my own version and put my own spin on it. And it's also going to potentially attract their fans. So that's kind of like a win-win-win situation all around yeah. Uh, by focusing on the who. Have you heard of people doing that? Of tr of doing covers to like try to, to get the attention of an artist? Or not even to try and get the attention, but just to like, I don't know, just doing like covers of people in your local community and stuff like that. Hmm. Not, not so much local, but like regular covers for sure. I used to be pretty big into the covers myself, so I'm a supporter. <laughs> well, I think that's something in a local community too, though, that is underutilized as a way both to support the other musicians in your community and also as a way to focus on the who tap in to that audience that you're looking for so i don't know that might be an idea that people want to kick around and think about as a community maybe you you and a bunch of friends all do covers of each other's songs or something like that that could be kind of a cool thing that's what my mentor and his community are doing right now shout out rj really really cool project so another thing that I think a lot of people would think about with thinking about the who, not the how, and who can help you reach your goal would be social media content creators of various types. And I think Johnny Two Phones and Brian Coach Hayes from a couple episodes ago are both good examples of that who, not how mindset in action. And this is kind of even more from the kind of traditional business angle. like. Johnny asked Brian to help him build a TikTok presence. Brian already had an audience in TikTok. 
He kind of knew the ins and outs of the platform. He had an audience of people who were interested in basketball content, which could also potentially be people who would be interested in Johnny's music. So, you know, like that's one of those situations where Johnny sat down and said like, not how do I make myself into an artist who's successful on TikTok, but who can help me reach this audience on TikTok and kind of searched through his contacts and people that he knew. And Brian was that person for him. So that's just one example. I mean, if we take other like hypothetical examples, could be a ton of things. If you're a pop punk band, maybe the who that could help you reach your audience is somebody who makes like skate and snowboard videos or something like that. I don't know. Somebody who might put your music in one of their videos. That could be the who in that in that particular situation who could help you reach the audience you're looking for. If your audience is people who like skateboarding or snowboarding, I guess. And then another might be a type of business that serves the audience that you want. So like if you make indie rock, you could reach out to a bunch of local craft breweries and either see if they'll play your music in their location or maybe set up a show for when we get back to shows and stuff like that later this year. It could really be like any business that serves your target audience. That's the point here is that you're thinking about who serves the same audience as you. Maybe that's barbershops or thrift stores or restaurants, certain types of restaurants. It could literally be anything. You're just focusing on the who and then using that rather than focusing on the how and trying to do everything yourself. Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully that's some good examples that will get your mind turning a little bit on how you can implement this. I would say in general, whenever you're faced with a problem or a goal that you don't know how to reach, just keep this thought in the back of your mind. Stop focusing on the how and change that focus to who can help you get there and also who you are trying to reach, what the who the ultimate goal is as far as reaching an audience. And I think in a lot of cases, those are going to open up more possibilities for you than just trying to take in as much information as possible and gut it out and figure it out for yourself. To give a real world personal example of this in action, this podcast, I think, is a good example of being successful, thinking about the who, not the how. So when I first wanted to start this podcast, I was stuck on it for a long time. I've talked about that in the episode about starting way back at the beginning of the podcast. And I continued to stay stuck on it really until I switched my thinking to who, not how. I thought, who can help me make this podcast the most useful it can be for the intended audience? So I'm coming at it from a producer mixer perspective myself. The audience that I was hoping to reach is independent musicians. Who can I bring in that will bridge that gap? So I know Jake Mannix. He's an artist and a producer engineer for other artists. And he knows a bunch of other great artists and producers, many of whom have been guests on the podcast at this point. So for me personally, that was an example of who, not how working out. That's the reason that this podcast is here in the first place is using that as a solution. Jake, can you think of anything in your own business or in your own career where focusing on who could help you versus how to actually do something paid off in the end? 
Yeah, I would say this applies to me recently when I kind of had not had to accept where I kind of accepted that you know I'm not the best at writing lyrics. I guess it's it's that I don't I don't personally enjoy my lyrics. Mm. So I enlisted the help of my friend Alex, and it's been it's been a breeze because he's absolutely killer with what he does, which is writing like a beast. And yeah, I, I you just have to accept sometimes that you can't do it all, and you have to enlist the help of some friends or some professionals. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean. There are multiple ways that you could have approached that situation. And I think for a while you approached it from the how perspective. Like we've talked about this and stuff. Like you were down on your lyrics. You just weren't happy with your lyrics. And you were trying to figure out how am I going to whatever, get better at lyrics or write better lyrics. When in the end, a great solution to that problem is who can I turn to to help me with these lyrics? Yeah. That's there's. (laughs) that's a perfect solution and it made it easier and it made you enjoy music more in the end. Right, right, right. It's like a a win, 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 win situation. Just reframing that question from how do I get good lyrics to who can help me get good lyrics? Yeah, because it's it's not like we're not, because we're still talking about things that I want to talk about. It's just with his wording and you know what I mean? He's just like, couldn't ask for a better, a better writer, lyricist. Yeah. Guy. How about that? (laughs) Better guy. Shout out Alex. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great example. And I think one that a lot of people resist and focus all their energy on the how. How Because it's a pride thing. It's a pride thing. Yeah, it's it's a a pride thing, but it really doesn't have to be because it's all about the solution in the end and the results versus the process in that case you're still arriving at something that you want to say. You're just getting help to get there. Exactly. It's the same thing as anything else, like reaching an audience. I don't know if anybody would feel different about reaching an audience of a million people if they did it completely on their own or if they had somebody who helped them with promotion and publicity. Like, what's the difference between those two things? One of them is really, really hard. Doing it on your own is really, really hard. Probably going to make you miserable And it's very unlikely to work, whereas the other way is probably going to be easier for you. Uh, It's going to be more enjoyable and it's more likely to be successful just by asking the question who instead of how. All right. I hope that this super simple mindset shift helps you out there listening to this to be more effective in your business. Like when you're looking for a solution to a problem or you're trying to find a path to an end goal, turn your focus away from how to accomplish that thing and instead to who you're targeting and who can help you reach that target audience. I think the added bonus to this approach to your business that we haven't even really mentioned yet is that every time you solve a problem with a who instead of a how, you're also building a network and making it easier to solve the next problem or reach the next goal because now you have all these people that you're connected to. So I encourage you to take a couple of minutes as soon as you're done listening to this episode and write down what you're trying to accomplish and the who's that are associated with that goal. Nice. Well, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Self-Signed Artist. Like we said, today is Easter, so 
whether you're celebrating Easter or Passover or Robert Downey Jr.'s 56th birthday. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We hope you guys had a good one and we thank you for listening. And if you could go, (laughs) if you could go ahead and hop on over to the Apple podcast and leave us a few Easter eggs in that review section, (laughs) that would be amazing. Thank you. And that's all we've got for you on this episode. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Self-Signed Artist. Peace. Thank you.